Hello, welcome to the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards podcast for the week of January 30, 2012. This is episode 136. I'm Chris Bevelo, president of Interval. We are the healthcare marketing firm who puts on the podcast. And with me today are... Jackie Ritako, account coordinator with Interval. And Adam Meyer, creative director at Interval. Howdy. Hey. What's up? Folk. Folk. That's very down home of you. Folk. Folk. I yeah. remember somebody Chaps. laughing at me in elementary school for using the word folk. I think I like asked them if they if if they knew if it was okay with their folks, and they were, laughed at me for using the word folk. <laughs> I, I don't know why that's a memory for it's probably like fifth grade. I don't know why I remember it, but I do. I can't either. Folks is kind of it's kind of a default for me when I'm you know because I always get stuck in that don't be a sexist rube and say he or yeah. man or whatever and and, and <laughs> but if I get stuck I always just go with folks. So like I want to say guys. <laughs> guys is my first thing. How are you guys oh, doing? Oh, I yeah. say that. Yeah, w- what do you guys think? And then I'm like, uh, guys yeah, is sexist. You know what? That's not. What yeah, do you yeah. folks think? You know what? The, it's, <laughs> I the prefer words, peeps. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, there you go. I mean, words like that are redefined in terms of how sexist they are because I've, I mean, I've, my female friend, I, I started calling girl, fe- women, chicks because my female friends did. Oh, hell they, no. Yeah, they were using it. So I said Dude. that once, like in my first job, I had re- referred to some somebody, some group of women standing somewhere. I'm like, oh, maybe these you know these chicks won't mind. And not that I said it to them, I was just saying it like to the person next to me. And he was like, you can't say that. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'll try that the next conference I speak at. I'll say, hey, we haven't heard from the chicks in the crowd. Have we got any questions? <laughs> Dudes and chicks, goes. anything? I'm just saying. I'm, but I'm saying I was never in the habit of using that until. I mean, most of my friends in college were female, and that was the term they always used. So I was kind of yes, got but into we there. know that 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 a group that uses a self-referential term isn't always thrilled when other people use that term. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Okay. Uh, let's dive in. We got lots of good stuff to talk about. Jackie, let's have you talk about this first one, uh, an article that you found last week, right? It was last week. Yes. And it's about Groupon, which I like. I know you guys aren't aren't huge fans, but that's okay. Um, yeah. And this was in health leaders media, their weekly e-newsletter, uh, written by Marianne Aiello. Um, and based off an MSNBC article, but it is called Using Groupon to Attract Lifelong Patients. Oh my gosh, what was that? It's like a windstorm coming from Chris over there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that is it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it starts out, social spending websites such as Groupon, Living Social, and Buy With Me are now a mainstay in hundreds of cities across the country connecting businesses with deal-savvy consumers. For companies, hey, that's me. For company, for companies offering traditional goods and services, sites like Groupon can be an easy way to attract customers who may never have otherwise visited the establishment. But can social spending, but can social spending sites work for hospital marketers? The answer is unequivocally, yes. If they are used cautiously and strategically to help hospitals attract <laughs> new lifelong patients. <laughs> Unequivocally, yes. If as as you're cautious and strategic, <laughs> I do love that. If erection lasts for more than four hours, please call your doctor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, go ahead, keep going. All right. I don't know how to follow up to that one. 
Since Groupon nope. was founded in <laughs> 2008, healthcare organizations have been offering daily deals for services through the site. Now about one in every 11 deals offered online is for a healthcare service, according to DealRadar.com. And healthcare deals are selling well, largely due to uninsured or underinsured patients, according to MSNBC. About 9% of all social spending site offerings in November 2011 were for dental work or medical treatment, up 4.5% in the beginning of 2001, MSNBC reports. Okay, so first of all, Jackie, I think you said there's an example that they give of on MSNBC, of one, an example of a medical deal. Yeah, exactly. You mean as opposed to like a dentist offering or yeah. a, like yeah. microdermabrasion? Um, right, or yeah, vitamins. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a typical one. Yeah, it says in New York, a full medical <clears throat> checkup with blood, stool, and urinalis- urinalysis mm. testing. <laughs> blood, stool, <laughs> stool. <laughs> Just let me get through this. Testing <laughs> sold for $69 in December on Groupon below the regular price of 200 they also reference here a flu shot was offered on Amazon Local for seventeen, down from thirty-five. Okay, so, is stool so, analysis common? Do they? Is that, that's part of a physical, is it? Yeah, oh, huh. I guess I should get a physical world. someday. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> nice. So let's think about this just for a second. Use that one example. A physical is a perfect example of what you would think you would use Groupon for because it's a gateway offering Mm -hmm. to more, right? So you'd want to bring somebody in um, to the point of this article in a way that's strategic and hopefully you would be able to keep them as a patient because that's very typical of any group on offering for any service. If you're you're not keeping people as a returning customer, they usually are a money-losing deal. Right. Mm -hmm. So, but then when you think about what a physical is, and we hear this often, about folks who have physicals paid for as a preventative part of their insurance, and they go in and they get the the physical, and then it leads to, for example, an additional stool test or some kind of scan or some other procedure. Those are not covered as part of the preventative care, right? Typically, now uh, a lot of times those will be covered by other parts of the insurance. But if you have a high deductible plan, you're going to be paying for those out of pocket. Mm-hmm. So if you could, if you think about the type of people that are quote unquote deal savvy and are going to be attracted to a $70 physical. If you, if it works the way you want it to, and there's additional things that need to happen, Mm -hmm. how many of those people are going to be really excited about actually paying more for an MRI or more blood work and that kind of thing. So that's really tricky. I think. Yeah. 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 Well, I think a lot of the people this appeals to, like it said in the article is the underinsured and the uninsured. Yeah, well, there was also some of the examples that they started off that article with were um, the example they started off with was a dude who decided to drop his health insurance or someone who decided to drop their dental insurance because they just didn't feel like they were getting much out of it. Because of his premium, Um, yeah. And that they were, and that their minds, that their idea, you know, that the replacement would be finding deals and using deals. And they, you know, he used one example of a deal that the person used. I just struggle to see that being a replacement. Um, I could see it being a supplement or, you know, kind of a compliment to it that can kind of save you some money here and there. But I don't, I don't, I struggle to see how anybody could really fully replace health insurance or even dental insurance. Maybe dental insurance is more reasonable because dentists are always, there's always some dentist that's 
you know, if you're in a big, if you're in a city, um, you could probably find dentist deals all the time uh, right. on something like Groupon. But health mm-hmm. insurance, I mean, that's that's tough. That's that's tough. I mean, I look at health insurance as not as something that you have for the little things, but right. as something that you have for a disaster. Um, you know, if you're you know, train accident and your legs are cut off or something, you know, it, it's something that's like life altering <laughs> that you really need. <laughs> You know, that you're not going to have hundreds of thousands of dollars for rehab and all this stuff to take care of. You know, that's not for the little piddly things that some of these deals are going to help you take you know, cover here and there. Right. I didn't mean to laugh at the 47 people who lost their legs through train accidents in 2011, <laughs> but that was an interesting example. I live by yeah. train tracks. That was my first thing that came well, to mind. And I think I think what's tricky about this is they are saying that, you know, one in 11 deals offered online is for a healthcare service. My guess is very few of those are actually hospital oriented because right. of the things we're talking about. You know, if they're counting vitamins and microderm abrasions and all of that as healthcare, then that's got to be the vast majority of these things, the more retail oriented offerings. Right. It, you know, the other thing I think about is it goes on to say, um, you know, this faction of daily deal purchasers is why laying out a detailed strategy is critical if you're considering delving into social spending. Offering a discount to attract new patients is really only beneficial uh, is really beneficial only if the patient comes back to your hospital again and again. Uh, but the, but I think there's a larger strategic question here, and that is, do you want to be known as the discount provider? Right. Because <clears throat> that's what these deals tend to to orient people to. Not always, but. Uh, there's a huge brand question here about how you want to be positioned relative to cost. And, you know, it, it's such a tricky thing in healthcare as it is in, you know, it's, it's true in any business. I mean, there are people, you know, in, in the automobile, you know, it's a classic branding example, right? There are cheap cars and there are expensive cars. Uh, and there are conscious decisions made about where you want to be positioned based on the value of the car you're offering. So if you mm-hmm. equate that to hospitals, do you want to be the 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 Kia of hospitals or do you want to be the Mercedes of hospitals? Because everybody talks about wanting to lower the cost of healthcare until it's time for their mom's surgery. Right. And do you're gonna use croup you know, you're gonna use the discount provider for your own health care. I, I question whether that will play out. Right. Well Yeah, and that's and that's not even necessarily to belittle somebody being the Kia of healthcare. I mean, that might, there's, there's a place in the market for that. Um, so somebody, yes. should, somebody could be very profitable taking that place. Well, maybe not very profitable, a little yeah, profitable. Depends. I mean, look, Walmart's profitable because they, you know, they're the good point. Cheap end of, good point. of that, of that area target, you know, somewhere in the middle and obviously they're profitable. Yeah, that's a good point. And you're right. It's a conscious thing, though. It needs to be thought through and not just, hey, we're going to splash ourselves all over discount, you know, mm-hmm. social spending sites to, to try to draw people in without thinking about the ramifications to your brand. Right. Well, and there was a there was a good example about, um, oh, what was it? LASIK. And, you know, mm-hmm. typically the guy said he charges like $5,000 each eye and, you know, the Groupon was what? for like, yeah, Thanks I know. Total. Yeah, total. Like so, ten grand for the LASIK, and then you know the Groupon was for I don't know, like four thousand. And it's like if someone's coming at your eye with a needle, you know, I mean, it's just it's the whole perception too about it discounted, and you know, what does that yeah. mean in the perception of it? But I think the total is around five, like total. I, if you're paying five k yes. per eye, you're going to some freaking 
Was it? Oh, I, maybe I, I wizard who's using yes. some sorcery on you or something. But it's you your eyeball. Gandalf the eye wizard. No, you're right. I've got a friend who is doing who's going to do LASIK and went to see three different doctors. Um, and he ended up. I don't think he ended up going with the, the most expensive option, but he went with the place that made him feel the most comfortable, made him feel you know really talked through things with him, made made him feel like they weren't making recommendations based on um, you know making money. Which mm-hmm. is what you what I when, when I go to the dentist every time that's what I feel like I'm like I really do I really need to do what you're telling me to do because I need it or because you're gonna make some money off of it right um, right so yeah I mean there's just, it's it's yeah it's pretty complicated when it comes to your eyeballs or any other part of your body for that matter mm-hmm. well and and like many things you can't just look at the price and the offer you know it's not always apples to apples and there was a mm-hmm. great right. article on this I think a couple of years ago maybe three years ago now in the Star Tribune about you know, price shopping and healthcare, and it, it kind of compared. It might have been LASIK. LASIK was part of it, uh, but some other kind of surgery uh, where the Mayo Clinic was like five times more expensive than some like local suburban provider. It's like, well, first of all, the Mayo Clinic requires inpatient stay overnight. Um, mm-hmm. It's the Mayo Clinic, so you're getting a higher quality of care. So you can't, like anything else, you can't just look at price. Uh, if you are, I think you're missing a lot of other important things. There are certainly examples in any industry where price, you know, you can look at price and go, yeah, I'm going to buy this box of frosted flakes for half price. Why wouldn't you? Right. Uh, but, but so often when it's not a commodity, there's so many other things to consider, uh, that you would be kind of foolish to look just at price. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's very possible. I mean, as I'm sure we've all experienced where the lower price option could be in the end, much a much better deal. A, you come out, you come out of your LASIK seeing with twenty twenty vision, no problems whatsoever, and you paid, you know, five hundred dollars per eye, versus you know the Mayo stay, where maybe there is a complication because of something that happened there. Who knows? I mean, right. wouldn't you? Wouldn't you feel so silly if you got LASIK through a Groupon and had a complication? <laughs> and you try oh, yeah. to explain to people. What happened? You know, I got one eye is like half shut. No, <laughs> oh, I had a complication from my LASIK. Oh, where'd you go? Well, I got it through a coupon coupon. <laughs> People would be like, "Oh, forget it." Yeah, That's what you get. And, That's but the, 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 the I mean, it's all yeah, it's all perception right there. Because I mean, that like I said, that could happen. That could happen at the Mayo. If you know, right. if that's the premier price. Right. And nobody's going to second guess that. If you said there was a complication at the Mayo, they'd be like, "Oh my god!" Then it must be you know, that's the best of the best. It must have been something pretty serious then, huh? Well, my takeaway from all this is that it's not an unequivocal yes. Unequivocal is the wrong word. It's a uh, qualified yes in a Mm -hmm. big way. Uh, Certainly, there are opportunities. So, you know, I'm not trying to be negative Nancy and say you should never do this kind of stuff. You just need to think through a lot of what we're talking about, uh, starting with kind of your brand position and, and how you want that impacted. And then the article does a good job too of talking about some of the legal ramifications that are probably mm-hmm. unique to healthcare uh, that others don't have to deal with. You know, some of the um, enormous and kickback uh, issues that you get uh, because Groupon takes some of the money and are they are you basically paying them for referrals, which is illegal um, based on Stark laws and that kind of thing in many cases with physicians. So. Uh, you just have to be careful with all that kind of stuff. So don't, this is not one where we would say, go out and just throw a deal out there and see what happens. Uh, <laughs> lots of high-level, strategic, legal things to think about, capacity things. I mean, that's one of the biggest issues with a Groupon that's successful is the people that offer it go, oh, crap, I got 500 people coming in for a you know, 
a dozen bagels and they can't handle it. Yeah, right. were, were you talking about that woman who was doing muffins or cupcakes or something? I think she was in England somewhere. Was she? But she did one of those deals and ended up having to fulfill like a million orders or something, and it literally destroyed her business because there was no way she could do it. And she had to she had to fulfill the order still. She was legally contracted to do it. So she had to bring in she had to like hire in outside people to make these things. So it wasn't even her product anymore. It was just like this disaster. So um, yeah. on that note. <laughs> well just think how much stool how much stool you're gonna have to analyze when you put out one of these groupons. That's a <laughs> lot of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's nice. How do we go back to the stool? I don't know. Nice visual. <laughs> All right, let's go on to our next story, which which will be the main, the end of the main story. But did I say that right? It'll um, be the likely the end story. End of the main story, the, you said. The last main story. Okay, so I titled this one <laughs> "Always the Contrarian, Never the Bride," because I feel like we continually say that people should be. Um, putting aside their mass advertising for more effective methods. Uh, at the very least, they should be prioritizing things like their website and uh, search and mobile and other things that are much more effective uses of their dollars. And yet we keep getting hit in the face with these stories about hospitals spending trillions on ads and blah, blah. <laughs> so another one came through and it just, I don't know. Uh, definitely would encourage you to check out our video on our site. You can go to our blog. Uh, it's from mid-December, so it's about four blog posts old. Uh, and it's kind of our our philosophy on hospital advertising. But this one comes from the Hartford Business uh, website. Hospitals hike ad spending to gain market share. And this is based in Connecticut, and it says Connecticut's 30 acute care hospitals pumped nearly $30 million in advertising in fiscal year 2010, an 18% increase from a year earlier. Um, so first of all, that's an average of a million bucks a hospital in advertising. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and what's, you know, I think we don't probably give our nuanced perspective on this very well because we're so you know, jaded by all this. So, you know, we constantly say stop advertising, put it on a shelf, do these other things. There are certainly valid reasons to use mass advertising. And and mm-hmm. I think the story points out a good one. We're just reacting or overreacting to the abuse of mass advertising and the waste of money that we see. And I'm guaranteeing you that uh, there's a lot of waste in Connecticut if they're spending that much money. Um, Here's more. The larger ad budgets come as the state's hospitals continue to grapple with slim operating margins, but feel increased pressure to differentiate themselves from the competition, especially as consumers take more control over where they receive healthcare services. I think that's totally true. That's all true. So why you would increase mass advertising, you know, in response to that is where we would say, whoa, um, and now here's here's a good example, okay? And this is where I think I could support what they did. This is um, Hartford Healthcare, uh, which I think was the highest spender, two point eight million in two thousand ten. Which they said some of that actually was from two thousand nine, but the the money actually came in was was billed in two thousand ten. So James Blazer is their senior vice president, and chief strategy officer. 
And he said that uh, the goal is to drive patients to the hospital's website and physicians. Blazer said one of the biggest shifts he sees is more money being spent online and in direct marketing rather than on traditional print publications. 2011, Hartford HealthCare, which is the parent organization of Hartford Hospital, unveiled a sweeping rebranding strategy that brought the dozen or so organizations affiliated with the medical behemoth under a single and new logo. A lot of advertising focus on that shift, Blazer said. So there's an example where it makes sense. You have to communicate something uh, at a very top line to the market, right? Mm-hmm. And, and one of the things that we always talk about is advertising should be a means to an end, not an end in itself. Meaning if your goal is, to get, is, is solely to get people to look at your advertising, you're, you're not thinking through it strategically enough. In some cases, though, that's okay, and this would be one of those. If it's purely to communicate a, a significant brand change, then, yeah, it's okay if, if the advertising sole purpose is to communicate that change because mm-hmm. that's important for people to know. Uh, and then and that's undoubtedly why they spend a lot of money. But I also like that he's pointing to the fact that, hey, a lot of this is shifting to um, – you know, direct and online away from mass. So that's good. Mm-hmm. But still, does it make you kind of cringe? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're all defeated. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it goes against a we lot agree. of what we stand for, obviously. Um, and it just, it's, it's throwing dollars at things that are ineffective and for the goals that you're really trying to accomplish. So it's just, it's just frustrating to hear that. Yes, it is. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we try to help people understand the benefits of this. And, of course, measurement's a huge part of this. It's really difficult to measure the true impact of mass advertising. You've got to have really good calls to action that you can identify and bring through. And, you know, we've had conversations with clients where they're judging the effectiveness based on who's seen it and what do they think of it. That's literally the, is right. this working or not, dependent on, well, who in the hospital seen it and what are we hearing from people on the street? And it's like, boy, is that a, yeah, that's just not what you want from a marketing right. outcome. Yeah. So with all that said, we do have one ad we want to share that we love. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was actually brought to us by our pal, our old pal, our Joel chum. Cessna, our old chum. The Medicom Health Interactive. <laughs> so we know Joel because he works down the street from us, but we've actually worked with Joel and his company. They do phenomenal uh, online health risk assessments. And one of their clients, Texas Health, did a great ad uh, to promote the online heart risk assessment that Joel's company provided for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll provide a link to it on YouTube. It's it's very well done. It's funny. Uh, it kind of takes it, you know, through the story of this guy, and uh, it says like, you know, this is how Bob found out he was allergic to bees. This is how Bob found out he was lactose intolerant. You see a few of these, and they're funny kind of scenarios. And then it says, this is how Bob found out he was at risk for heart disease, and it's their online heart risk assessment. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know who did the ad. I, I couldn't find that out from YouTube. So somebody out there, whether it was just the the, the health system themselves or i'm sure some agency helped them uh kudos to them because it's Mm -hmm. it's well done Mm -hmm. it's a very good ad. and to our point earlier it's you know that ad is not a means or that ad is not just the end it's a means to an end it's driving people in to use a heart risk assessment which Mm -hmm. engages them 
provides information to you as the, the hospital or health system that you can then leverage and track where they show up downstream uh, and really prove the effectiveness of all those tools. So, right. you know, that's what we would like people to see. And that's how we'd like people to use advertising if they're going to use it. Uh, drive people in with a great call to action. But, you know, you still have to be creative. And, and this ad accomplished that too. So mm-hmm. that's a good ad. Yeah, that is well done. Yeah, agreed. Well done. Well okay. done. Well done, sir. <laughs> um, we have another one, but we're going to leave it because it, it – uh, I think there's a lot we could talk about. There was a study out about hospital websites being ranked uh, on how great they are by some research firm. And uh, I love a lot of what they say. Some of it's very curious to me, but we'll save that. T- we'll tease people with that for next week. Keep them hanging. Keep them hanging. What a cliffhanger for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Will Jackie use Groupon for a new physical at $70 for a blood stool? Stool analysis. <laughs> Stay tuned next week and find out the results. <laughs> I'll stick to my restaurants. <laughs> You're going to get your blood stool from your restaurant? Guys. <laughs> <laughs> that is typically where I go. I'm totally saying that wrong, too. You don't get a blood stool. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. Maybe from your restaurant. You never know. Yes, exactly. It all comes full circle. Okay. We're going to wrap it up now. We're going down one of those roads again where we get ourselves in trouble. <laughs> Weird. So <laughs> for Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards, this is Chris Bevelo. Jackie Ritaco. And Adam Meyer. We will talk to you next week. <laughs> <laughs>